Hey guys, and welcome back to the Fill Your Boots podcast. Today I have the pleasure of being joined by Danny Bosworth. She is, she used to be my coach and she's a great friend of mine. So it's so lovely to have you on here. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Jen? Um, yeah, it's, honestly, I've been trying to get you on here for ages. <laughs> We've just finally, finally aligned in our times. <laughs> No, it's so good to be here and um, such a pleasure. I can't wait to, to roll onto it. Oh, good. Good. So I've got loads of questions for you today. So we're just going to go straight into it. Um, I always like to start with your background and how you got involved in fitness in the first place, because I think everyone has completely different stories with this one. So yeah. how did it start for you? So I was originally going to go to university. I actually had an unconditional offer for sport and exercise science, but at the time I was training at my local pure gym and I used to go to the gym pretty much every day. I was obsessed. Mm. And the gym manager said to me, you know, if you ever want a job here, you've got one because I knew all of the PTs. I kind of already knew my stuff. And um, so I kind of thought to myself, do you know what? It's probably more worth my while just doing my PT course and going straight into personal training as opposed to going into university. So yeah. I, that's exactly what I did. Did my PT course straight after sixth form and started working at a pure gym. And when I first got into personal training, I did it to help people progress towards their goals whilst improving their quality of life and keeping their health intact. And that's sort of like where I am now. Yeah. But then, I essentially throughout my personal training career, after about a year or so of starting, I ended up getting into bodybuilding. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail, but that's when I started to take things a little bit more towards the extreme end of the spectrum. And then after sort of a few years of competing myself, I started coaching competitors as well. And that became my business. I moved online at the end of 2018 and i've been online ever since coach competitors for a good few years competed myself for i think a total of about five years and then moved away from the sport in 2020 and a year later than that i decided to stop taking people through contest prep just because it was really difficult for me to push clients through that process when I knew it would have a negative impact on their health and I really care about the clients that I work with and their health and health is one of my business values and I wanted to be more of an advocate of as I got into the industry helping people progress towards their goals whilst actually keeping their health intact and improving their quality of life and I now help a lot of people out at the other end of bodybuilding as well as helping people progress towards their goals in a less extreme way um, and I've also done my performance nutrition diploma with the ISSN and I've always been a big fan of furthering my education. I've worked with a lot of great coaches and mentors and things like that as well. Um, and yeah, here I am now. Here you are now. No, that's really, really cool. Um, part of the reason, well, the reason why I came to you as a coach myself was for that, for that because it's really difficult, I think, sometimes to find a coach in this industry who isn't so extreme and actually understands if you want to train and you have physique goals but you don't want to be eating chicken and rice six times a day you want to be able to go out with meals you know, have meals with your friends and it's it's quite I think quite difficult to find a coach that aligns with that so I love I, yeah. Like, yeah I loved working with you for that reason definitely 
So, obviously, and you mentioned it there, you spent a long time competing in bikini bodybuilding. I knew you back then. I knew how like focused you were. It was it was so admirable. What do you think the biggest learning curves you uh, what do you think are the biggest learning curves that you've had since stopping competing? I think there's so many lessons I've learned. Like it's, it, I, I had to think about this because obviously you sent the questions over beforehand and I was like, God, I could list so many lessons that I've learned. But I think, like I said, a, a big focus of mine is health and mm-hmm. I didn't realize the impact that competing would have on my health. And I didn't realize how long it would take to recover from a health perspective after taking a step back from competing. I thought of, I sort of assumed that I would just bounce back after, you know, getting out of a deficit, restoring body fat, but actually probably took me at least a year, maybe a year and a half to fully recover from a health perspective after stopping competing. And Mm. that ends up being the case for a lot of people. So I think just purely the fact that like it does have really don't get me wrong I love the sport I respect the sport and I don't regret my time in it like I fully enjoyed it however I didn't quite realize how extreme it was from a health perspective you know I've struggled with my thyroid health I've struggled with my I've struggled with low estrogen absent menstrual cycles and yeah it definitely took me a long time for my body to bounce back after I did stop competing yeah I think second of all most people actually feel a lot happier, more content and confident within themselves, including myself, when they relax a little bit more about training nutrition and their body composition and stop pursuing extreme goals. Whereas mm-hmm. you think a lot of people get into competing or get into changing their physique because they think they are struggling with their body image, their confidence, mm-hmm. and they think that doing that will improve those things. And it may to some extent, but it's not going to fix any deep-rooted issues. And often when we are hyper-focused on changing our body and, and micromanaging every little detail of training nutrition and our body composition, it can actually have the opposite effect and it can sort of have a negative impact on our body image, the way that we view ourselves and our confidence because we, we never feel good enough, especially mm. when we're being judged a panel of judges regularly we're constantly focused on bringing a better version of ourselves to the stage yeah we never quite feel good enough and it can Mm. exacerbate any body image issues that we're experiencing and I think for me as well I didn't realize at the time when I was competing but I definitely had quite a low sense of self-worth and I was definitely competing to try and almost proved myself because I felt like it was something that I was good at. So I was like, oh, I'm going to continue to do this because it's it's like chasing that achievement mm-hmm. and proving myself in some way to the people around me and proving my worth, but it didn't really fix any of those self-worth issues. I needed to do that mm-hmm. by other means. Yeah. And I think that I was definitely masking a lot of issues such as like, my ability to actually rest or have spare time to be with my thoughts and emotions. Um, And I, again, didn't realise that at the time. 
yeah, you see this so, so often with people getting into competing for the wrong reasons. And don't get me wrong, there are people that just genuinely love it. They're in a great headspace. They have a great relationship with themselves and food and all of that and fine, absolutely go for it. But I've seen it time and time again with people getting involved in competing to, you know, mask something else that they're going through or mask an eating disorder or something like that. Yeah, 100%. It's so common. And I think, again, people often don't realize when they are even having those struggles themselves, when they're in the sport, it's not until they actually take a step back and yeah. realize what they were doing, the fact they were using competing as a coping mechanism or a bit mm -hmm. of a cover up. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a difficult one to navigate. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, it's obviously so great to see you, you know, thriving right at the moment let's just say that is a, the perfect word for it I think in your body and your performance um without putting so much emphasis on aesthetics although I appreciate you still have aesthetic goals um I also value the same thing you know I I love training I love having balance in my life but I still have aesthetic goals alongside it as well maybe not just as intense as you know bodybuilding might be for example um what would you say to those who are maybe just a little bit scared, I guess, of letting go of that aesthetic focus? Yeah, I think first of all, right, if you let go of having extreme aesthetic goals and micromanaging everything, you'll often actually, it's weird, you'll, you'll often feel better from a body image perspective. So your view of yourself, your body image or self-confidence will actually improve. Yeah. And you'll feel more satisfied and content in your body. Mm. And also sometimes actually, I've seen with a lot of clients when they've started to relax around things and stop pushing the extremes and stop micromanaging everything and trying to be optimal, their body composition actually improves anyway, in line mm. with their goals because their stress levels reduce and they start responding much better to their training, their performance mm. improves. The diversity of the diet improves, which has a positive impact from a health perspective and in terms of how they respond with hypertrophy and fat loss. Um, and yeah, like everything just sort of like clicks into place. And also, if you take your focus away from micromanaging everything and pushing the extremes, it frees up so much more time, energy, and effort for other things in life. And it's so liberating it's like oh my gosh this this like world has just opened up to me and yeah. it's like you have so much more brain space for your so much more space for creativity for being intentional with your downtime for spending time with friends and family different hobbies and it's incredible the impact that that can have on your life and your health and happiness so mm -hmm. there's so much and i'd say to those people who are worried about it write down a list of all of the things that are going to now be open to you that weren't previously all of the opportunities that are going to be present all of the experiences that you're going to be able to take advantage of and focus on those things as opposed to what you might be worried about yeah absolutely and i think a really important point as well for like I'm putting myself back in my old mindset whereby the idea of like letting go of having an aesthetic goal is almost like oh my god everything's gonna disintegrate I'm gonna lose my physique like this that and the other that would probably be my main worry um 
which is ridiculous to think about now, but I think being in that headspace, that is the thing that you're probably most concerned about. But everything that you've just said then doesn't mean that you're going to regress with your physique or, you know, you're still going to continue to work towards that aesthetic goal, but have all these other amazing things going on in your life at the same time. Yeah. And as you know, as well, Phil, like it takes so much less training volume to maintain muscle tissue than it does to actually grow. So if someone, for example, has reached a point where they're like, you know, actually, I don't really want to develop much more muscle tissue. I still want to stay in shape, but Mm. I want to focus more on other aspects of life, you know, stop trying to push the extremes and micromanage everything. You'll Mm. pretty easily retain the muscle tissue that you've got. Like I've tried to lose upper body muscle mass and it's been quite hard. It's taken a lot. Like I barely train on it at all now. And it's like, it's taken until now for me to see a bit of a reduction. And even then I still carry quite a bit of muscle through my upper body. So it takes a lot less than people realize to retain muscle than it does to actually build muscle tissue. Yeah. What would you say for those people who still want to, you know, have aesthetic goals still want to undergo I don't know hypertrophy or fat loss or whatever it is but still have that balance in your life how would you recommend as a coach for someone to manage that I think first of all focus on being focus on what you can do given your circumstances and given your life to incorporate training into your life as opposed to trying to revolve your life around training because obviously it's essential if you want to see success when it comes to any body composition related goals or performance related goals for you to be consistent so yeah especially for someone who wants to progress in their work life they still want to enjoy social occasions and be flexible it's essential that you have that consistency so have a look at your diary and your schedule and incorporate training into that as opposed to trying to walk your life around your training yeah. and i would also say just really outline first of all work with a coach because you'll achieve your goals 10 times more quickly and the process will be much more enjoyable you'll be overthinking things less Mm -hmm. and have that coach outline for you key habits that you should hit as an absolute non-negotiable given your circumstances that will move you forwards towards your goals and then when life does get hectic or you're traveling or whatever that might be you've still got those fundamentals in place so that you're still moving the needle forwards towards your goals, despite not being able to be quote unquote optimal. Because it doesn't, it's not about being optimal, especially if you're the type of person who wants to maintain a social life and have quote unquote balance. Don't really like that word too much, but like balance. it's essential that you drop the idea of perfection because you're not striving for perfection. Yeah, You're striving to continue to move the needle forwards over time. So identify your non-negotiables, make sure you can create consistency with your training um, and make sure that you have structure, but you, yeah. within that structure, you don't flap when you have to move things around a little bit, allow yourself to have wiggle room. For example, if you need to restructure your training sessions over the week, that's fine. Remember, it's okay. Like what matters is ultimately, whether you get your training volume in over the week, as opposed to on each individual day. So you've got room to be flexible with things. 
And like I said, I think often when we do relax around training and nutrition a little bit more, people actually see more progress because their stress mm-hmm. levels are so much lower as opposed to when they are trying to really micromanage everything. Yeah. Um, those people, yeah, just focus on what you can control and making training and nutrition a part of your life rather mm-hmm. than revolving your life around it. Yeah. Um, we've had a conversation before that I think is a good point here. And I say it to my clients a lot as well. You are always in control. So mm-hmm. if you decide that going out and not training for a week or whatever is worth it to you, and it can be, that's absolutely fine, then do it. It might set you back ever so slightly or it might take you longer to get to your goals but that's okay if you've decided that that's going to be your priority and I think we always worry that if we do something wrong it's going to absolutely ruin everything but like you are always in full control of your body whatever you want to do with it you can do and I think we forget that we actually have that autonomy sometimes um yeah I think it's so important to focus on what's right for you at each moment in time and assess okay like in this situation do i want to continue to you know prioritize say someone's goal is fat loss and they're going out for dinner do you is it more worth it for you to prioritize fat loss and opt for the lower calorie option and maybe not quite enjoy that food as much maybe you're not quite as able to fully relax in that moment yeah or do is it a michelin star restaurant and it's a one-off occasion for like a family member's 50th you're never going to be there again and yeah. is it more worth it for you to actually just relax around that occasion and take a day at maintenance mm-hmm. um, and just enjoy the experience because it's a one-off exactly that and as you said earlier nothing has to be optimal it doesn't have to be optimal you can still progress towards your goals less optimally quote unquote or do it slower and that's still okay um you know it's up to you to prioritize you know certain things in your life and if as you say if you want to do things like that then do it you're always in full control so 100% yeah um I saw a post you did the other day that I actually really loved because I don't think people talk about it enough and it's this idea of feeling fuller through your midsection when you stop dieting and it's not necessarily fat gain um can you chat to me about that post and what you meant by that yeah of course so a lot of people will sort of panic a little bit when they come out of fat loss because they might feel like their clothes are a little bit tighter and they don't feel quite as small through their midsection and they'll think oh my god like I've I've gained body fat Mm. when in reality we should expect to feel a little bit fuller through our midsection purely because we've got more food coming in like we've gone from being in a deficit to maintenance which is probably for a lot of people a bump of a few hundred calories a day or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. and that food is obviously it comes with food volume and um it's gonna take longer for that food to process through our digestive system we've literally got more food sat in our stomach and so we're not going to feel tight through our midsection and that is to be expected um so yeah it's it's not something to worry about and it's also just like probably not noticeable to anyone else except yourself and it's partially people panic about it i think because the feeling is so unfamiliar especially when people have gone extremely long periods of time in a deficit such as through contest prep 
when you yeah. come back up to maintenance, it feels so strange to actually feel full through mm-hmm. your stomach because mm-hmm. you've not had that feeling in so long. You've been constantly hungry throughout the entire fat loss phase. Yeah. And so it feels almost wrong. And then people can get this instinct to want to diet straight away because it feels uncomfortable. But actually what they need is just to lead into that discomfort for a period of time mm-hmm. and get used to the feeling of feeling fully satisfied and having more more food sat in their stomach. And then that will become the new norm. That will become what is now comfortable as yeah. opposed to just diving straight back into a fat loss phase because they feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think it's getting used to that different feeling, especially mm-hmm. if you've been in fat loss for an extremely long period of time. Yeah, absolutely. I want to give you a scenario for, a, say a client comes to you, they are on quite low calories. And this is something that I get very frequently. They're on quite low calories. They um, want to quote unquote tone up, but they're scared to eat more food. What do you do with that person? What was the start of that? Sorry, Phil, I lost you, sir. Sorry. Um, so let's say you have a client come to you um, who is eating pretty low calories, but they want to quote unquote tone up. This is a very common scenario that I have with my client consultation call. So what do you, what would you do for that person and how do you get them into a better quote unquote more optimal place to get that physique that they're after? Yeah, so when people say tone up, what they usually mean is that they want to gain muscle tissue and or lose body fat, depending on their starting body composition. And what we need to identify in that scenario is, right, okay, like where is this person starting? What do they mean by tone up? Do they mean that they actually, are they carrying a decent amount of muscle tissue and actually they just want to get a little bit leaner? And that will make them feel more quote unquote toned because they'll see that muscle definition. Or do they actually need to gain some muscle tissue in order to have that toned look, which is actually very common. Mm -hmm. And then obviously when they've been through that hypertrophy phase, they can always diet down after that to almost quote unquote reveal some of that definition. So um, yeah, it's just identifying actually what does this person mean by tone up? What are they actually searching for? Where is their starting point? And for a lot of people to achieve that look, it will require a hypertrophy phase followed by a fat loss phase or vice versa. Um, And for anyone listening, like what I mean by hypertrophy, I'm sure most of you will know is building muscle tissue. Um, And that takes a long period of time, especially for women. And I think people sometimes when they say that they want to tone up, they think that, oh, it will just be like a 12-week fat loss phase. But actually sometimes to achieve the desired look, it can require months of a building phase followed by a fat loss phase to get the look that they're after. Um, So yeah, it's very person dependent. Obviously, if someone's brand new to training, then they will probably gain a little bit of muscle tissue if they start resistance training and sort of hover around maintenance and they'll probably get a little bit leaner and gain a bit of muscle tissue and they'll see a bit of a body recomp which is fantastic so if you need to training take advantage of that and go through a bit of a recomp phase mm-hmm. but if you've been training a while you're probably going to have to go through an active hypertrophy phase followed by an active fat loss phase where you really push towards those goals and make sure that you're in an optimal position to be able to pursue those goals exactly and as you say it's the longer you've been training the more optimal you actually need to be with these things you can get away with quite a lot when you're new to training um 
equally you yeah. can get away with more of a body recomp phase or higher calories if you are carrying more body fat as well so you know that's always a good place to be as well um but as you say you know if you've been training a while you do need to be quite specific with with these things and you need to go right okay building muscle isn't going to come as easily to me anymore so i need to really optimize what i'm doing with my nutrition eating in a surplus um, likewise, you know, if you're trying to lose body fat, you actually need to be in a proper deficit because your body is not going to want to do it so easily. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, if you could start all over again with your fitness journey, would you do anything differently? Do you know what? No, I wouldn't because I think that everything happens for a reason, first of all. I truly believe that and I just think that Everything that I've been through has shaped me into the person and the coach that I am today. And mm. if, for example, I hadn't have gone down the extreme route of pushing, you know, towards trying to get my FBB Pro card and being knee deep in bodybuilding and that being my entire life, I wouldn't have the skill set that I do now. Mm. And I wouldn't have the ability to empathize with the clients that I work with now out of the other side of competing. And mm. I also wouldn't be as knowledgeable about that entire process. And in a way as well, pushing that extreme person, that extreme personally has given me what I need to help people who are thinking of getting into the sport, determine whether it's really right for them and help them create an awareness of what their the sport really consists of mm -hmm. as opposed to them just going in blind because i think a lot of people get into bodybuilding because they think oh like i want to look like that and mm. that looks cool and it gets loads of engagement on social media but they don't really realize what they're truly getting themselves into and unless people such as myself such as charlie such as you talk about what the experience really consists of and how extreme it is they mm -hmm. won't be aware of that so yeah i'm glad that i went through what i went through i learned a hell of a lot through that journey as well i definitely don't regret it like i said there was years where i really enjoyed bodybuilding it was only towards the end where i got to the point where i was like actually this is taking a lot more from me than it's actually offering me yeah and going through that that post-show process as well in the transition into quote-unquote normal life after bodybuilding has allowed me to empathize with anyone else going through that process and given me a greater awareness of what to expect and what issues might present themselves and how to navigate those issues so yeah, yeah. I'm really glad that I went through everything that I went through I think yeah it's funny I was listening to a podcast the other day and the guy was I think he did an experiment to see um, a, a whole room full of people who had been through something bad or something traumatic or something you know negative in their life and he asked them would you would you change it if you could go back in time would you change it and it was something like 99.9% of people said that they wouldn't because they've become yeah. something better or you know they've used those experiences to help other people or something like that and I think I'm not saying that your bodybuilding was a traumatic experience for you but obviously there were some negatives <laughs> which you've like you've taken forward and you've you've grown with that and now you use it 
in the best kind of way to be able to help your clients and educate you know yourself on what you actually want out of life because you've experienced things that you've you know you can now say that you don't want to do again and I also worked with some amazing coaches some amazing mentors and they taught me so much so I'm grateful for that as well and I am also grateful because it's it's made me even more appreciative of all of the things that I have now and that I'm able to enjoy now that I wasn't through my time in bodybuilding such as like those little moments spending time with friends and spending time with family and actually being able to be present I don't think I'd be as appreciative of those small moments and to be able to be as present during them and as thankful for them if I didn't go through that period of time where I neglected those things and I wasn't able to truly be present during them or enjoy them as frequently as I might have wanted to. So little things like that. And on my health, like I'm so grateful for my health now and I, I wouldn't be, I don't think, as grateful for it if I didn't have the understanding and mm-hmm. know what it was like to go through a period without my health where it was mm-hmm. down the drain, essentially, mm-hmm. because it's it's horrible to feel that way. And yeah. I now know how horrible that is. And I'm so grateful to have my health and so protective of it and so thankful for everything that I have now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's it's in a way given me a lot of a lot more gratitude than I would have had if I didn't go through it. Yeah, absolutely. So knowing what you know now, could you give three bits of advice to people who are getting started? And what do you see most commonly holds people back from getting to effectively where you are now? Do you know what? I think, first of all, before I say the three bits of advice, I think the most common thing that holds people back is well two things limiting beliefs and also not having the right guidance and therefore overthinking everything it's really hard to have an objective view on things when you are trying to navigate your journey on your own when you are yourself you're gonna second guess everything it's going to cause you a lot of sort of mental fatigue doing so. And it's really difficult to look at things objectively and to make the right calls. So therefore, I think the first piece of advice would be to work with a coach or mentor, like seek guidance in some way or another, because it will get you to your goals much quicker and it will make the process so much more enjoyable. And having that support is just unrivaled, like, every single coach every single mentor that i've worked with um i've not regretted a single one of them i always have some sort of i don't think there's a single point in my coaching career where i've not had some kind of coach or mentor and i still do to this day so i've always had a coach or mentor and it's honestly been the best thing for me both personally and professionally i think it will have you achieve your goals so much more quickly it'll make the process so much more enjoyable Mm -hmm. and you will learn more than you ever will through any course, in my opinion, through working with coaches or mentors. Mm. Um, Secondly, I think it's really important before you set any goals for yourself, it's so essential that you identify what, what matters to you in life. So identify what your values are 
and where you want to be in five years time, for example, in line with that and make sure that you don't compromise that where you want, you don't compromise any of your values or where you want to be in order to achieve a short-term goal. Because if you do, it's going to leave you feeling all unfulfilled and unhappy and you're probably not going to enjoy the process. So for example, if one of someone's core values is human connection and they set the goal of extreme fat loss and go about that in a way where they're following a meal plan and they can't have meals out with their friends and family, that's compromising that core value of connection and they're probably going to experience self-sabotage as a result of that Mm -hmm. because it's against one of their core values in life and they're probably therefore not going to achieve that goal anyway. So yeah. it's really important that the methods we take to achieve the goals that we set and the goals that we set themselves are in line with our core values in life and where we want to be in five, 10 years time. Mm. And then the third bit, focus on consistent action rather than trying to be optimal or perfect. Mm-hmm. You will get to where you want to be so much more quickly and you'll have a much more enjoyable process and much more long-term success if you focus on consistent action as opposed to trying to be perfect because being perfect is unrealistic and you'll just get to a point where you can't live up to that expectation, you fall short of it, you feel like a failure and then you throw in the towel. Yeah, absolutely. Life is rarely ever perfect as well. And I think that's a really important point for people just getting started as well. Make sure you have a plan B so like for example you know you are going to work you end up staying late make sure you've got your training kit in the car and just something that's going to make your life 10 times easier or just make sure that there's there's an actionable step there for you rather than just being like right I'm just going to not do it because that's so easily done yeah exactly it's about focusing on what you can control given your circumstances rather than waiting for the perfect time or the perfect scenario or trying to be perfect with everything it's like for example like if you're ill if you have a week where you're ill or injured that doesn't mean throw in the towel with your nutrition instead focus on what you can control so that you can continue to move the needle forwards as opposed to throwing the towel in exactly exactly so the flourishing society talk to me about that so the flourishing society it actually started off as a shower idea that i had and <laughs> all the best ones time, do <laughs> yeah all the best ideas are shower ideas take that from me <laughs> but no i just and um at the time i'd sort of i got to the point where i had recovered from contest prep and i'd been through sort of the post-show process the transition into quote-unquote life after bodybuilding and I'd sort of shifted my messaging and was trying to help people with the things that they might struggle with through that process. And I noticed that Charlie was posting similar content. Yeah. So I got out of the shower and I was like, do you know what? There's no there's no support for people out of the other end of competing mm. when they get into that post-show process and they want to regain sort of normality and health again. But there's so many prep coaches in the industry. So I've always met Charlie and I was like, do you want to get in on this with me like 
I, I really want to create a community so that we can support people when they're going through post-show and the transition into their improvement season or normal life after bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, and we can help educate people on how to regain menstrual cycle function, how to deal with body image, relationship with food issues, overall health issues, and also provide that community because that's one of the reasons people struggle to come away from bodybuilding is because of the community in bodybuilding. Yeah. So let's create a community out of the other side. So it started as a Facebook group, which is still there and it's free. So anyone can join us on there. And there's loads of webinars, Q and A's, resources in the Facebook group that's completely free that will help you and your clients deal with these common struggles that we can have post diet. And then we ran our first event in October last year. And that event basically consisted of myself and Charlie giving talks on how to improve your relationship with food, body image, etc. And we had Lydia, our yoga instructor, come and deliver a yoga session because yoga is something that can really help support our body image and our ability to manage stress alongside that and remove tension from our bodies and we had angela come and deliver a meditation session because again meditation can really help with stress management our ability to be present um it's not for everyone but we want to give people a taste of like try this give it a real shot with us mm -hmm. let's do this as a group together and see what effects it has on our minds and our bodies and we want to give people off the back of the event practical tools that they can implement straight away. So that's what the event's all about. We're running our next one on the 18th, um, so in 10 days, which I'm really excited for. And it's gonna be a similar sort of event, but with a different spin on some of the talks and things. And then we have also, we're just coming towards the end of our first course launch, which is basically a course version of the event. So okay. it's there's five different modules and it's all about addressing the areas that people can struggle with post-diet or post-competing and helping them regain health, essentially. And we have, we're just about to launch um, our sort of revised version of the course. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to talk about, I don't know if I'm supposed to or not, but I'm, yeah, I'm just going to do it <laughs> by the time this is, announced we might have launched by now okay. so um essentially we're splitting it into three we're going to be doing a course for coaches a course for people who are going through through the post-show process and into their improvement season so okay. they're still active competitors and then a course for people who want to move into quote-unquote normal life after bodybuilding yeah so essentially during each course will help people with the struggles that they might, might have. The coach, coach's version is more education-based. We're gonna be doing group webinars where people can ask questions and things like that, mm -hmm. as well as check-ins throughout. Each course does still have one-to-one -one contact time in terms of check-ins, as well as the education side of things, webinars, all of that sort of thing. Group calls, you'll be invited to the event. Um, so yeah, we're really, really, really excited to to launch the courses. Um, we can't wait, and yeah. um, we've been working really hard, like so hard on them, and we've put so much time into it. So we're yeah. really excited. For, that's yeah, awesome. The courses are the next. Yeah, that's so good. And honestly, I I have so much respect for all of it because I genuinely think you know if someone comes out the back of a bodybuilding show, like there there isn't much support. There never was much support anyway. You're just sort of like left to your own devices. And it's really great that you guys have come together and obviously created that for people, that support for people. It's amazing. Yeah. 
yeah yeah it's so needed and we're so passionate about it because yeah, we know the impact it has on people's lives from even coaching sort of one-to-one clients through that process seeing them become so much healthier and so much happier is so incredibly rewarding yeah and we want to obviously help clients help coaches support their clients too which is why we decided to go with the coaches course which is a bit more of like a mentorship as well yeah amazing well it's gonna go down well I have absolutely no doubt about that it's gonna be awesome thanks so I'm just gonna come back to you for a second just to wrap this up what are your fitness goals at the moment we we spoke about this a little bit before before we jumped on the podcast essentially um I was saying to Phil before we started recording my priority is very much my clients and work over my own personal fitness goals now I have no extreme goals I essentially just want to be the healthiest happiest strongest fittest fittest version of myself with like a great body in line with my own preferences I want to feel and look good naked essentially so <laughs> I just kind of body I just want to sort of like maintain the condition that I'm in I wouldn't mind a bit of group glute growth who wouldn't though so my training is mainly sort of like glute hamstring biased let's be honest um <laughs> and- yeah I'm just trying to be the strongest fittest healthiest version of myself and yeah. so the priority is definitely um, my clients and work over myself yeah awesome that's really cool um my last question is kind of the same but what's next for you you can obviously chat business fitness whatever yeah mainly to be honest mainly the flourishing society courses and the event on the 18th of June Um, and just really trying to sort of change the industry for the better with the Flourishing Society is my number one priority. Um, And then like, yeah, personal life, I just wing that. So yeah, (laughs) we'll see. Just winging it, see what happens. You're in Manchester now, right? You moved to Manchester. Do you enjoy it there? Yeah. Yeah. I love Manchester. So I'm here, I've signed um, for my rent until the end of January. So Again, who knows where life will take me then? Yeah. I have no idea. I've never been set. I've never been set on living somewhere. I've always mm. been like, I don't know where I'll live. I don't know where I'll settle down. But I'm going to settle down if I ever do. Um, I don't know. It. Who knows? Who wing knows? It Time will tell. <laughs> yeah. Just got to wing it. Awesome. Well amazing thank you so much for your time today Danny it's been great and I'd definitely be keen to get you back on at some point and we'll chat about some other topics yeah um yeah thank you so much for having me Phil. <laughs> you're welcome right I will link all Danny's info in the description below so if you don't follow her go and follow her um and yeah I'll also link the flourishing society as well thank you perfect all right Danny speak to you soon bye bye